After a quick visit to Top Gun, Maverick's going to take us between two worlds and Bob's going to cook Elizabeth some burgers. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Bex Perfect and this is Off Screen, your seven-day guide to everything movies. Boom. Welcome to Off Screen. We are keeping you cinematic. We've got everything for you on the big screen, the small screen, and everything in between. And as there is a special celebration coming up in the next couple of weeks for us here across the pond in the UK, we thought we'd kickstart all of our movies this week with something that portrays our wonderful monarch. It's called Elizabeth, a portrait in parts, and it's in cinemas from today, rated 12A. Now, Van, you had the pleasure of watching this and learning a little bit more about our famous Queenie. Uh, Let me know how it was. I'd love to find out. Well, interesting things with this one. So, first of all, the title is incredibly apt. This is this is snakes on a plane level blunt titling. So when they say a portrait, they mean it, it's literally an art piece. As in, you will learn wow. about as much as if we took a port a, a physically painted portrait of Queen Elizabeth, and you studied that. And the in parts is literally. Here's some clips we just threw together. Um, The common through line, the Queen exists. Have a listen. Coming up the the river to the Pool of London, seeing Tower Bridge opening. And we had uh, the Prime Minister, Sir Winston Churchill, with us. And uh, one saw this dirty commercial river as one came up. And he was describing it as the silver thread which runs through the history of of Britain. He he saw things in a very romantic and and glittering way. So perhaps one was looking at it in a rather too mundane way. And then to come up the river in a small boat with all the sides of the river completely, people on each side. Wonderful. Yeah, that's what we're in for. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I find I find the Queen and her life and everything about her fascinating, and I, I, you know, I jump at the chance to watch any sort of documentary about her because what a life to have led. Um, how can you get this wrong? That's the question I've got. Well, um, I, I would imagine making a documentary and offering up the opportunity to learn literally anything about her um, might have been, I don't know, a day one type assignment. Alas, this is the final work of, uh, of Roger Michel. I've been calling him Roger Mitchell for years. And uh, it turns out, Roger Michel, Simon Hooper recently corrected me, you may know him better as the director of Notting Hill. Uh, this is his final work. Um, obviously intended for when it came out. It is a staggering work of absolutely dropping the ball as regards oh. reading the world when you drop something. There are things left in... Putting aside the fact that you will learn nothing. Literally nothing. Not one thing. There is not one fact stated in this in this at all. I learnt nothing about oh. Queen Elizabeth. I'd be all for that. I would be absolutely all for that. This is effectively a 99-minute Dulux maxi-gloss screensaver. Um, there are either, dependent on how you define the term montage, there are either 10 or 11 montages in this that are just, we found some old footage, here's a slow choral cover of a pop song uh, over the top of it. And they do that 
either 10 or 11 times, d- dependent. 99 minutes. So that, that would work out. At, if you if you take five minutes off a credit, one of you 9.4 minutes. Absolutely ludicrous. Um, and like I say, and then you get to the, the dropping the ball of things that you maybe should drop out. First of all, this thing skates over Andrew with so much gusto. I, I'm honestly shocked that Tonya Harding wasn't appearing somewhere in this. Um <laughs> The, it, it really does seem to have a, let's just say, somewhat, not sanitized so much as flat-out sterilized view of the last few years of the monarchy, the last few decades of the monarchy, even. Um, up to and including, and this is a really bizarre one for me, um, do you remember recently, like three, four months ago, we had the thing where Will, Will and Kate had gone to, was it Jamaica? Where all of a sudden the issue of exactly how the mm. monarchy is seen in certain former colonies has come up, and th- yes. you know the, the monarchy themselves have said that they are going to start to distance this. Right. I don't think anybody in the edit suite got the tweet. I don't think ah. any of them were told at any point because not only is this thing absolutely rife with images of young Queenie being carried atop the shoulders of many men of a very specific skin tone, not only that, they actually go to the extreme of featuring out of everyone, out of every human being, Queenie's ever knighted. Out of all of them, they pick Lenny Henry. And then they use a clip of him talking about his mum instilling how proud Jamaica is of the monarchy. And I'm just watching this with my jaw on the floor, Jim Carrey in the mask, goggle plastic eyes are stretched across the room, absolutely mystified at what I am seeing. So, no, on literally every... It's not even a particularly well-made version of a Dulux Maxi Gloss 99 minute screensaver. It's bilge. This is patronizing. Um, the good news is, um, if you are interested in seeing this, and I am just going to assume that you're so old that the only time you are going to see this is when you get the free cup of tea on uh, Multiplex on Tuesday morning. Well, the good news is you don't have to put the effort in. It's going to be on Prime on June 1st. There you go. I just saved you 99 boring ass minutes. God save the Queen. Right. Can we talk about something more fun now? Yeah, go on then. I think I think it we it calls for it after that little tone deaf oh, piece of Oh Yeah. Everything yeah. about it, every single thing about it just doesn't work. It's infuriating. If it was in an art right, gallery, well, you would find it patronising. Sorry, I'm going to move on. Well, no, yeah, let's move on. Let's move on to Bob's Burgers, because this is an institution of an animation, isn't it? And and now it's it's in movie form. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Bob's Burgers, are you are you familiar with the series? Do you do you? Have you no, seen I'm not. I'm not. No, no, I'm not really. Uh, no. I'm I'm not overly. I've seen a couple of early episodes of it. I think when it started, which is six or seven years ago. Its its primary voice artist is H. John Benjamin, who also voices Archer, uh, main character of a show I do really like. So, I'm I'm hoping that the, the presumed success of this means we get an Archer movie. So, feature film spin-off of this animated series, which seems to be popular on Disney Plus, does seem to have its fans, and it's quite idiosyncratic. It's quite rooted in sort of Mike Judge sensibilities. Uh, the central story here is you've got the struggling family who 
run a burger restaurant, hence the title Bob's Burgers. Um, they are they are forced to go to the bank when their business loan is being called in for for outstanding payment. They face the risk of losing the restaurant and all their equipment. And at the same time, a giant sinkhole appears in the street directly in front of the restaurant, in which a dead body is found. And all evidence seems to point to their landlord, which kind of gets them out of a jam, but kind of doesn't. And the children, Bob's children, who are all central figures within the series, set out to solve the mystery of, of, of who put this, this body in the ground and save their restaurant. What you doing, Jean? I'm making an instrument out of spoons and a napkin holder and dreams and magic. Obviously, Tina. How's the burger, Bob? It's okay. I put an egg on it. Why is Dad making a burger at 8 a.m.? Is he on British time? He's making it to bring to Mr. Dowling at the bank. We have a meeting this morning, and we're going to ask for an extension on our loan payment. Oh, fun. And we really, really need to get that extension. All the restaurant equipment is wrapped up in that loan. So you're giving him a burger? Well, I mean, we can't give him money, Tina. Because we don't have any. Pretty much. How about you play him some of this? Ah, what, to scare him? No, to enchant him. So, with your whistle-stop tour of getting to grips with Bob's Burgers and knowing that there are things like Family Guy, Rick and Morty, all these other much-loved mm. animations that are out there, where does Bob's Burgers, for anyone who is new to this, where would this sit on that kind of ranking? Oh, the, I mean, in terms of what it is, it is in the it is in more the adult skewing primetime animated shows. So this is going to the American Dad, Family Guy, Rick and Morty kind of audience. Effectively, you know, people like me or you know my teenage stepson, for instance. It, it, it's kind of we are kind of the audience for this. Now, I'm not that up to up to scratch on Bob's Burgers specifically. Like I say, enough to get mm. the tone. And the, there is mm. enough of the brand around it that you sort of know the humour. The movie's very much in keeping with that. Now, I think it's a three-star film. It's it's a standard nuts and bolts. You would have seen this direct-to-DVD, you know, without much sweat a few years ago. I actually don't know why this is being put in cinemas. Um, for one thing, a solid half hour of it is musical numbers. Now, the, the show is not a musical. Um, it, it's kind of, it's the same thing as when South Park, you know, did a movie and all of a sudden it was a musical. It was meant to be a shock. It's the same kind of thing here. Um, it, it, not in the same way that Family Guy does musical numbers, like all the time Family Guy will just spring into song and as you're kind of accustomed to it, less so with Bob's Burgers, I think. Those musical numbers do drag it to a halt. And the problem is it was already, as a non-fan, it was always already a pretty average nuts and bolts animated spin-off. I would imagine as a fan that three-star would probably push to a four-star, maybe a five, but I would imagine those musical numbers drag it down a star because it's just not in keeping with the generally idiosyncratic and quite sharp humour that runs through it. There were, there were gags in it that really had me howling, and then there were the musical numbers during which in our press show every single person got up and went to the bathroom at different times at different musical numbers. So I think that tells you how ill-advised they were. But you know what? There is a fan base for this, and I would imagine they're going to be, as the poster says, getting their buns in theatres come today. Welcome back to Off Screen. So we are keeping you on the big screen now, and we've obviously got a big, big movie to talk about. But before we get to that, we're going to be meeting Juliette Binoche in Between Two Worlds, which is available again from today, rated 12A. Now, she plays a lady called Marianne, who was once a, a trained lawyer, but after, uh, who gave up her career to essentially be a housewife and then, um, you know, to look after the kids. 
and then finds herself when her husband leaves her with no money and no prospects. So decides to essentially join the job center and find a way of making small but um, menial amounts of money for herself as a cleaner and creates a a community amongst um, a number of other different people that she meets along the way as well. Yeah, yeah, we don't have a clip for this one, obviously. No, of course, because it's in French. <laughs> kind of alienates our, our audience, our audience somewhat. Somewhat limits our audience when we start playing French to them. With the uh, yeah, there is audio transcription software now, actually, that does kind of dub over in, in English. But no, I'm not no, quite I'm, the same. Subs, subs, not dubs, all the way, baby. Um, so this is based on uh, nonfiction, uh, a nonfiction book called Le Quai de Wistraham, because the movie is actually called yes. uh, Wistraham. And uh, right, first of all. I, I love the way that you just described that plot because I, I want to stick with that. That's not how I would describe the plot. I like your way better because it doesn't mm. spoil it. And and that mm. is the setup. And and I have been going down the, the other route, to be to be really honest, because I, I, it was pitched to me as that. So I didn't have that sort of plot twist. in It was pitched to me with... It's kind of like when someone says, oh, From Dust Till Dawn is a vampire movie, and then you start watching it, and you're like, why am I watching a Tarantino movie for an hour? What's going yeah. on here? What are, yeah, kind of like that. I had that done to me. Um, Ju- Juliette Binoche is flat out amazing in this. She, she's absolutely tremendous in this. Like, she's, you know what I mean? She's one of those actresses who just has that kind of get out of bed in the morning gravitas, and she can turn it on, on tap, like, the skill here and the nuance in this performance because again without getting into the plot there is a lot to this character Mm. because of that 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 has to weigh on her that you see her process and you see her deal with and the relationship that she forms with and there's worth noting by the way there are no headshots on most of the cast on this on imdb i i noticed that and i thought that was interesting uh, infuriating, but actually, does it mean that it's Juliette Binoche and a cast of unknowns who are doing a blooming good job in this movie? Um, does, you know, that would be amazing. I really want to compliment. I really want to compliment the, her co-lead in this. I don't know her name. So cheers for that, whoever at the studio is, yeah. is uploading these things to IMDb. But um, really, I would say, based on the non-fiction anyway, um, adapted by Emmanuel Carrere, whose work I wasn't overly familiar with, I sat there, watched this, and thought, when this started out, again, going with, uh, as you've described it, it's a very Ken Loach kind of feel. I thought there was an almost I, Daniel Blake sensibility early on. Did you find Yes. That? Oh, my goodness. So it was totally oh I, Daniel Blake for me. Yeah, and I, I walked in there and I, uh, to watch it was like, this is I, Daniel Blake in French, and with a female it was protagonist. Like, we, Daniel Blake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, it Daniel was, Blake. I, I, we Danielle Blake, Blake. But uh, yeah, I thought she was, yeah, she's got an amazing presence in stillness, I think is the way to kind of look at Juliette Binoche, is that she can just be still and not do much, but yet radiate that gravitas, as you mentioned. And for me, that's just that whether or not she's working in French or she's working in, in, you know, in English, Mm. she just has something that draws the eye into her. and, And that's what drives you throughout this movie. She's kind of like Isabel Huppert in that way, when she, or Kristen Scott Thomas, mm. when she hops between languages. You don't so much notice. That's kind of just part of the 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 the, the persona. Um, I thought this was great. Um, I'd mm. say it's about 106 minutes, and it does keep you guessing. Actually, it does work, and it does it, its drama and its its turns. They do work quite well because you you kind of know where it has to feasibly go. And it does get there, but it, it takes quite an engaging and captivating route getting there. I thought this was really good, but again, mm. 
all on the performance of Juliette Binoche and whoever her co-lead is. Again, (laughs) come on, guys, start putting some headshots on IMDb. It's not like we get sent press notes with every single link. Come on, just give us some headshots at least. But it's called Between Two Worlds or Wiestraham. I think you can see this in Curzon cinemas from today, which also means you can get it on Curzon uh, Home Cinema in Demand as well. But you know where we're going next, don't you, Bex? You know where we have to go next. Well, I think the sky's the limit, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> we we're going might, to the danger going, zone, baby. We're going to the danger zone, uh, you know, because we got the need. We've got the need for speed. I have seen five-star reviews for Top Gun Maverick, left, right, and centre. You have managed to go and watch it. It's rated 12A. It's out from today. What have we got coming our way? Okay, so um, in, in reality, it has been 37 years since they filmed Top Gun. <laughs> Okay, it's 36 years, I think, since the release. And uh, Maverick is back. It turns out that at the end of the last movie, when he said he was going to be a trainer, a a teacher at Top Gun, he was going to become an instructor at at the Academy, at Top Gun Academy, which is the elite flight academy for the top 1% of pilots, as we are taught. He's also the only pilot who's seen actual combat in the past 30 years. Because we don't think about that. Top Gun really does celebrate how rare, you know, aerial violence actually is does get credit mm. for that um anyway it turns out that he became an instructor for all of two months he just jacked it wasn't for him he went back to being a test pilot and now he is called back to top gun when it turns out the government has a mission there is a secret underground uranium facility the, the existence of which threatens the freedom and the security of the free world and only one man has the skill to instruct a new league of, of, of graduates with the skills they need to take on the mission destroy this base and save the planet and that man is I'll give you three guesses Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, AKA Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. Just want to manage expectations. Captain speaking. And we're off. Oh, you know what? Last weekend I watched Top Gun because I was like, I'm going to prep myself for this. Yeah. And it was on telly. And I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to sit down and watch this. And I forgot how much I loved it, you know, and and the cast in this. So so obviously Tom Cruise is in this, as you'd imagine, as Maverick. Um, but we've got we've got Val Kilmer as returning in some way, shape or form with an artificial voice, an AI voice that replicates his original voice, because obviously, sadly, he has lost his voice to throat cancer. Uh, as you know, and he returns as the Iceman. We've got Miles Teller, who I believe plays Goose's son in this. Rooster. Rooster, of course. Goose's son <laughs> is a rooster. I don't know why he's not called Gosling, but he's a rooster. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, it's all like, you know, when you kind of realise that information, you kind of go, oh, it all kind of fits. And I like how it's all linked in together. I'm excited yeah. for this. And the reviews, I can imagine that the the aerial cinematography and everything is just mind-blowing. This is probably an IMAX movie, right? Right, it is. Right, first of all, IMAX or go home. 
right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if if the IMAX screen is sold out, don't even bother going to the next the screen next door. Just just go for a drink, have some dinner, wait for the next IMAX show. See it in IMAX, and oh my god! First of all, it's it is one of the it's it's the it's probably the defining blockbuster of this year. It's it's got to yeah. be. I can't imagine for the life of me that we're going to turn out a blockbuster this year to this caliber. Yeah. Like no. Because um, like you could you could drop Endgame after this and it would be an anti climax. You could drop something like No Way Home or Endgame after this and it would be an anti climax genuinely. Because do you know how long this has been delayed for? It's been a couple of years, hasn't it? Yeah, this was, I believe, it was going to come out in 2019 initially, then they asked for extra time to put the flight scenes in, I think, and then it moved to early 2020, and then it got bumped a bunch more times. Um, it's worth noting the England football team got to see this last summer and then I think signed NDAs, I think, because Tom, wow. Tom Cruise, when he was filming one of the Mission Impossibles last year, did it to motivate the England football team. He showed them Top Gun Maverick. So, <laughs> you know, when you when you consider that there are footballers' wives in court, like, you know, presently for, yeah. you know, not being able to keep their mouths shut, that's a fascinating thing to consider. Right, uh, Glenn Powell is the MVP of this. He is the Val Kilmer of this. Um, Miles Teller, top three roles Miles Teller has ever had. His mustache, mm. incidentally, one of the only two things I can complain about with this movie. The other is the Lady Gaga song, which is just ass. It does not stack <laughs> up in any way, shape, or form to any other song on this soundtrack or the one before it. And the idea that it's meant to fill in as the contemporary answer to Take My Breath Away by Berlin is borderline offensive. Um, right, uh, Miles Teller's mustache, incidentally, doesn't work because he already looks enough like Goose. He looks enough like Anthony Edwards. Why are you doing this to it looks insane and nobody mentions it it's the even more bizarre thing um jennifer Connolly is there weirdly because she seems to be the only actress they could find who's age appropriate for tom cruise like actually age appropriate that they think they can sell as a sexy pinup which is ludicrous I mean, mm. it says a lot about the double standards of, of contemporary Hollywood beauty. Um, but Tom Cruise, again, he's the movie star. He's, he's, he's one of the great movie stars of our age. Here's proof why. It's a movie about why Tom Cruise is a movie star and how Tom Cruise being a movie star is better than a bunch of interchangeable faces playing characters. Mm -hmm. See if you can read the subtext in that. Um, fans are going to be blown away by this. It has a ticking clock element that makes it a pacier, much more brisk movie than the first Top Gun. This is a lot more of a thriller at times than Top Gun ever was. Mm -hmm. I am gobsmacked by how good Top Gun Maverick is. It's dedicated yes. to Tony Scott. Like it says at the end in Loving Memory of Tony Scott. At the beginning, it says it's a Simpson Bruckheimer production. And all the way through, there's images of Anthony Edwards and things like that. It is a movie that understands its legacy as much as what it represents. And what it represents is absolutely astonishing. It represents that there is no substitute for a good, old-fashioned, knuckle-down, balls-to-the-wall, edge-of-your-seat, Get the popcorn in, call the boys, get the whole family around, let's do a blockbuster. Five stars, two thumbs up, I will see this nine more times, I loved it. Go see Top Gun Maverick. 
And now it's time for a segment we like to call Off Screen Pays the Bills. Hey, Bex. Hey, Van. What's going on? Ain't nothing going on but the rent. You know how it is. But I have been working on my mental health recently, genuinely. So the timing's fortuitous for our sponsors this week at Let's Think Happy. It's the brainchild of Ashley, who, with her husband, fostered and went on to adopt three children they knew right away had been through substantial trauma. The kind that would make the strongest person break down into tears. They went on to spend seven months in therapy with no success but it would transpire they were actually in the wrong kind of therapy. The difference, once they got the help they needed, was immediate. And so Ashley answered the call to make a change. Right now, people are just placed in whichever therapy is available at the time, as opposed to the therapy that could benefit them the most. People aren't getting the help they need, and because of this, they just get stuck in their struggle with mental health. Ashley had an idea and jumped on it, hiring a licensed therapist to create a questionnaire, a skilled web designer to create a website, and the result, magic. Now anyone can take a free questionnaire to find out what type of therapy they should be undertaking. And if you're really serious about your mental health, you're going to want to buy your full results. That way you know whether your answers have indicated a mental health condition such as anxiety disorder, depression, bipolar disorder, PTSD, ADHD and more for just $7.99. Plus, for a limited time, you can get 20% off by using the code LTH20. So don't stay stuck being depressed or anxious all the time. Go to letsthinkhappy.com and take the free questionnaire. Life's too short not to be happy, so let's think happy. Are you ready to launch your new career in coding? Well, Treehouse have got one of the best and most affordable online classrooms for you. At Treehouse, they've rethought the learning process and built a proven system to get you the skills and knowledge you need to achieve your goals. So when you've done, you haven't just watched a video, you've learned, practiced, and fully absorbed a concept. Or you can choose to build a portfolio, create a network, and land your dream job with their bootcamp-style tech degree program. So land a dev job this year, whatever your goal, they'll get you there. And you can get 50% off your first month as a podcast listener through the special discount link in our episode description. Welcome back to Off Screen. Now that you've had the need for speed, let's take you from that big screen IMAX experience all the way down to your very own telly box when we've got your seven-day guide to everything movies that are going to be playing out this week. And we're kicking off tonight on Film 4, 10.45pm, with oh big game van talk to me about this did you did you not have the pleasure of, i think this was before you before you were reviewing uh, movies and before i worked in in london so I, I know we didn't know each other when this came out no. um this this is really something this is a 2014 actioner and it plays like something like one of those films that you just see go direct to dvd and uh, it's it's got the most deranged cast. It's got like a top tier cast, and you are amazed. And then you watch the movie, and you're like, "This is bonkers." I love it. So it stars Samuel L. Jackson as the president of the USA. Okay, he's on Air Force One. He's just flying along, minding his own business, coming back from a trip when. Wouldn't you know it, Norwegian hunters take a surface-to-air missile and shoot down Air Force One, you know, over the snowy mountains and the forest. And of course, he's in the escape pod, you know, like they tried to do to Harrison Ford in Air Force One, only they actually manage it with Sam. And they get him down, and it turns out that, wouldn't you know it, one of his Secret Service personnel, played by Ray Stevenson is a traitor and he's in league with these guys and he's hunting the president through the forest almost like nobody involved ever saw air force one but 
In a move that shows that someone tried to best Air Force One, they've given him an ally. His ally is a young Norwegian boy called Oscar, who is on a sort of rite of passage hunting trip to prove his manhood. He has been let loose into the forest for one night to see what he can kill with his bow and arrow, what he can scavenge for with just his hunting knife and his nets, and what he can bring back. And when the two cross paths with all of these elements coming for dear old Prez, how do you think this is going to shake out? Well, I'll give you a hint of the, the buddy repertoire that's soon to develop, and you can experience the full ride of this for yourself tonight on Film 4 at 10.45. Take it away, big game. You're lucky. Gotta be honest with you, young man, I'm not feeling so lucky right now. But you are. If I hadn't found you, you have zero chance of survival. I'm a hunter. This is my home. With this, I can catch us food and keep us safe. Safe from what? Bears. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's, there's the bears out here? Yeah. And you could kill one with that thing? Yeah. Have you done it before? Yes. Really? No, but my dad has. And I could do it too. All right. Okay, well, there you go. That is big game bonkers. available for you, as you mentioned. Yeah, bonkers on film four tonight at 10.45pm. Want something bonkers? Check that one out. Now, tomorrow night, we have something very iconic. Uh, we have a dance that uh, Oscar Isaac has, has perfected and made iconic. And it is in uh, Ex Machina, which is on film four as well at 11.20pm. Anyone that's watched this movie will know about that dance. And anyone that will watch this movie will know how iconic it is once they've seen it. Um, this is the story of a young programmer who is selected to participate in a groundbreaking experiment. Uh, in it's a Turing, sort of, Turing test, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And like evaluating human quality of a very, very highly advanced uh, humanoid AI. So very technical, but actually done in a really sort of art housey kind of way, I feel. So there's a lot of stuff about this movie that I think will appeal to a lot of people, but for some people kind of will feel it's, it's not really their cup of tea. But if you're into it, boy, is it one hell of a ride. Well, it's very ex it's very uh, Black Mirror, isn't it? By today's yeah. standards, like to I mean, time was we would say this was a Twilight Zone episode. It's very Twilight yes. Zone-ish nowadays. For a younger audience, though, we say Black Mirror for meaning the same yeah. damn thing. Really, um, I love the the, the bit, bit of iconography you take away as the dance, by the way. Oh, of and the weird thing is, when I remember when I remember it now, I get I interchange it in my head with uh, Daniel Bruhl doing the same kind of dance in Captain America, <laughs> Falcon and Winter Soldier, whatever it was. Um, brilliant performance from Alicia Vikander, though. Next Mac, yes. like you say, uh, eleven twenty Saturday night on Film Four. Good proper sci-fi pot boiler, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. On to uh, Sunday night, then seven fifty on ITV Two. Oh, it's it's ladies' night, Bex, and they're off to the Met. Didn't we just have the Met a few weeks ago? By the way, I forgot to yeah, mention uh, Alex Garland. Alex Garland doing Ex Machina. The reason that's on on Sunday night is because Men is out next week. His new one with Jesse Buckley, which we'll review wow. uh, next week. But uh, Ocean's Eight Sunday night, ladies' night of the Met, eh? Yes, indeedy. Yeah, and the Met, the first Monday in May is when the Met is. And uh, if you look back on this movie, 
Yeah, if you look back on this movie, then you will see a whole plethora of famous faces uh, when it comes to, some. Uh, I suppose, creating a heist around the Met. And that stars Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Mindy Kaling, Rihanna, and many, many more. I'm pretty sure I haven't forgotten anyone else in that. But oh, Orkafina. Orkafina and Helena Bonham Carter, I think. Oh, well, those, those are two biggies. But yeah. alas, sadly, none of those scene stealers feature in our clip, which is, let's just say, more of a setup for... For, uh, for our lead in this, who's you know Sandra Bullock, um, in much the same way that George Clooney was the lead of the uh, the original, well the original remake trilogy or readaptation, whatever we call the Soderbergh one. Well, it turns out it runs in the family. Good afternoon, Miss Hush. As you know, parole is a privilege. It's a mistake, uh, but it, it happened. And um, if I were to be released, I would. Um, I would just want the simple life. I just want to hold down a job, make some friends. Yeah, pay my bills. <laughs> I do really enjoy this film, and I think it's really good. And actually, it's made me excited for the news that Margot Robbie is uh, yeah. potentially signed up to do um, a prequel to Ocean's Eleven. Oh, I say prequel, you know, just going back to the 1960s and the original of kind of... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, exciting stuff for Ocean's 8. Definitely a fun evening movie if you want to sit down. Popcorn movie at its best. Moving on to Monday, uh, we have Doomsday, 10.50pm on the Horror Channel. Now, I can only imagine, Van, that this is right up your street, which is why you've picked it. Well, it's a Neil Marshall movie, so, you know, you've got my ticket money right off the bat. Whenever Neil Marshall shows up, and I say that with no apologies for Hellboy, like, I'm sorry, I was there day one. I'm a fan. I don't care. I mean, all right, it was, it was a terrible, terrible movie, but I'm going to give that man my ticket money forever because he makes great movies. Obviously, Hellboy aside, and apparently a lot of that was studio interference anyway. Um, so Doomsday was, I think, his third movie. Stars Rona Mitra, Bob Hoskins, uh, uh, all-star cast. Look, I mean, Alexander Siddig was in this, actually, strange as well. He very rarely gets a, a film role these days. And it mm. takes place after a pandemic has ravaged Britain, and they have quarantined oh, Scotland. They took all the infected, rounded them up in Scotland, and walled them in. And it turns out, decades later, when the virus pops up again in, in London, like it's 2032 or something like that. The virus pops up again in London. Rona Mitra, an elite black ops uh, operative, because that's kind of the role that she just keeps getting cast for, like still to this day. I mean, the woman is in her 40s and still making a good go of the same role she was getting in her early 20s. Hats off to her. Love her for that. Uh, loved her on The Last Ship, actually, when she was in that, which is a Michael Bay's TV show, if you can believe that. Oh. Um, she gets sent into Scotland. Malcolm McDowell runs the, runs the country, living in a medieval castle. Because, again, Neil Marshall movie. It's deranged. It's all sorts of steampunk, apocalyptic fun with this virus element. Great, great fun. There's, there's a, a, a car, car chase sequence in it that's like Mad Max Fury Road, like years before Fury Road. It's like a prototype of Fury Road. 10.50 on the Horror Channel on Monday night. Absolutely check that one out. Um, another one that's one of those that you haven't got a clip for, but absolutely check out. In fact, we can say this in the next two. Tuesday, film for 9pm, The Bone Collector is on. You might remember this as the big star vehicle after Angelina won her Oscar. This was the first role mm. she she really took, was The Bone Collector. And, oh, God, how much of the box office for that was made off the back of Angelina? Um, yeah. First attempt to adapt Lincoln Rhyme uh, for the screen. I know that was done recently on, on television. And Wednesday, June the 1st, 10pm on Channel 5. 
one of the top 20 actioners of all time, bringing Michael Bay back into this. It's The Rock, baby, with Ed Harris, oh, yeah. Top Gun Maverick, Nicolas Cage, who's just awesome, and Nicolas Cage, who is gone but never forgotten. Uh, no, Sean Connery, who's gone but never forgotten. <laughs> Nic- Nicolas Cage, don't get me wrong, Nicolas Cage would never be forgotten either. I'm no. just never happy to say goodbye to Nicolas Cage. But Thursday... Rounding off our week, Bex, 10 p.m. at BBC Two. I know you've seen this one. Yeah. I don't know whether you like it or not, because I've not had a chance to ask you. It's yesterday. Yeah, and it stars him. This is the breakout role for Himesh Patel outside of EastEnders. And, well, that was, uh, introducing. Was, really... was it introducing? Because he'd been in EastEnders yeah. for like a decade. Introducing. Yeah, but it's, um, it's the story of a guy who basically the whole world forgets that the Beatles, they wake up one morning, something happens, they forget that the Beatles has ever existed, except for Himesh Patel's character. And he was a struggling musician and he decides to plagiarise all of the Beatles songs and essentially become the next Ed Sheeran in a way. It's uh, it's quite like that kind of d- direction for this. And it's an interesting Danny Boyle movie. Don't get me wrong. I think I remember walking out of it and just feeling a bit underwhelmed because it was overhyped and I think that's the way it is I love the I love the songs I love the premise of it it was the deliverables that didn't quite work for me but nonetheless still very much worth a watch um, I believe we've got a clip for this it's on BBC 2 10pm on Thursday still definitely worth a watch so listen to this let me just give you this advice right song title I won't charge you a penny for it as well hey dude Hey, dude. Hey, dude. Are you sure? He's right. That's, that's so much better. Is he? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Hey, dude. Mm-hmm. Don't make it bad. Definitely going to be one of the best songs of the generation. Hey, wake up. dude. Wake up, wake up. Hey, dude. Don't make it bad. Welcome back to Offscreen. We've got one last ride for you now where we are taking you through that DVD, Blu-ray and streaming aisle on your supermarkets. <laughs> and actually, we're keeping you here very much at home. We are kicking off with a big selection that is available for you on Disney+. Plus. We've also got some stuff for you on Netflix. And we've got one big pick for you on DVD and Blu-ray today. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But we're kicking off with this big selection on Disney+. Plus. Patty cakes, patty cakes. I remember seeing this, actually. And um, this was going to be a bit of a breakout role for its uh, mm. its lead actress uh, didn't quite come to fruition unfortunately didn't it no because no, this was it, this was the the gritty rapper drama wasn't it yeah. but it was, but it, was a, but it was from the female perspective which was actually something quite unique now i actually never got to see this so i'm looking forward to being able to stream this now so i've just never had opportunities to watch patty cakes but i hear good things was, did you enjoy it to a point I think it kind mm. of ca- captures your attention because actually the trailer was so good for this that you want it to be really good and then it kind of loses its way a little bit and you kind of go, oh, okay, this isn't uh, really something that I want to continue on with. But it's worth be, a watch be, if you're interested. It might be ideal for streaming then, you think? Yeah, Yeah, it, I think it definitely is. It definitely is. Now, one that is most definitely an iconic movie to watch is the Kevin Costner JFK, which is also out on Disney+. Plus. Oh, my goodness. This, for me, I'd watch this again and again when I was younger, just because it's so fascinating. Like, it's not quite a, well, well, it is kind of a biopic, but it's at the same time, we all know what happens to JFK and you kind of want to follow that scenario right into the point. So the, even though well, you're given the climax of the movie, you're kind of like, 
this is something I definitely want to see how they. Portray. Oh no, no, this is this is Oliver Stone's. Uh, this is Oliver Stone's chronicle of the of the investigation. This is Costner as is it Jim Garrison, mm. the DA yeah. who who investigated, and it's uh, just a fascinating like work yeah. by Stone. Like the idea, and incidentally, by the way, I did watch this a lot as a kid as well. Which we are the same age, which tells you an awful lot about what like the availability of films was in the early nineteen nineties, yeah. doesn't it, Max? That, Watching that movies that like movies that are way too old for you. That's what we were yeah, doing. Yeah, but this was. It's amazing that this existed. Uh, just being, it's a, an Oliver Stone movie through and through. But this was at a time when Oliver Stone could get a big studio movie with wide distribution and the stars that he could get. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, uh, Donald Sutherland, Kevin Costner, mm -hmm. hell of a cast. It's a long one. I mean, like when we said about Patty Cakes, it's probably destined for streaming. This very much, I think, you'll wind up watching this like The Irishman. Like, you'd watch this like a streaming show now, because by today's standards, it, the pacing would be a, a, a bit of a chore. But it's so good, and Costner's amazing it's so good. Mm. Yeah, but, yeah, it's uh, so good. Anyway, onto the onto the next one, one that has seen a bit of a reappraisal in recent years, and I believe actually got a spin-off TV show on YouTube. Is Jumper? Oh, wow. remember, do you remember Jumper? Really? Hayden Christensen. Yeah, Hayden yeah, Christensen a... and Rachel Bilson, wasn't it? And Rachel Bilson, because they were a thing for a while, weren't they? We're sure yeah. they were a couple. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. This got a so... sequel series on. I'm sure it was like YouTube Red when that was a thing for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Um, I can't quite remember the premise of this, other than they can jump from, like, teleport instantly from one place to another, yeah. and that's, that's all I kind of know about. Plot. That, that's the okay. plot. They can, they, they're jumpers. They jump from one place to another, and there are people that hunt them and kill them. That's it. That's the movie cool enjoy yourself here's a song by the fray um because this is 2006 <laughs> 2007 you know what i mean and then uh, let's see what else um disney plus are finally getting and i'm shocked that this wasn't on there already uh daredevil the ben affleck daredevil is coming oh, to god disney plus. um i actually am an apologist for this i actually can make uh, make an argument for this movie um there is a director's cut which is a noticeably better movie because for one thing it puts back in an entirely removed subplot about him being a lawyer that features coolio as his defendant as you know as his client <laughs> sorry and and believe it or not that subplot with coolio makes the movie there's also just little things that are re-edited that work better um, I really, I really like the director's cut of this movie. I don't know if that's the version they're putting on, but even if it's not, Ben Affleck's Daredevil is just an interesting sort of curio now, particularly yeah. because it's now been sort of firmly established that the Netflix Daredevil is the Marvel Daredevil now. Like that is it. He's he's the one for the MCU now. Like that that show. Count. And also, yeah, and also to that point as well, we are prepping ourselves to see Disney Plus take on the new series of Daredevil. But that's well. it, yeah, it's being revived. Yeah. I think we're getting season four is going to be a Disney Plus show, which is unheard yeah. of. But um, one that's also coming to Disney Plus this day. Uh, my friend Kelly is going to be overjoyed by this. And I'm going to have to remember to recommend this to Zara Phelan because I, I just ride up her alley. It's called What's Your Number? Have you ever seen this one? No, I haven't. Right, so... This stars Anna Faris. This was released, I think, about 2011. Okay, Anna Faris is the down-on-her-luck, unlucky-in-love girl, you know, but she's Anna Faris, you know? So she's yeah. she's adorkable, I think, is the term that they, they, they like to pitch these movies with. Adorkable. 
look up the word in a dictionary, you just get a picture of Zoe Deschanel. Anyway, so she's adorable, and she's uh, she's unlucky in love. She decides that her, her chances lie best in one of her exes. So she goes through her number of exes, one by one, to give them another chance to reappraise them. All to the bemusement of her kind of obnoxious, frenemy, hunk neighbour who seems to exist entirely in a towel at all times, played by Chris Evans. Uh, can you formulate an idea as to where this might go, Bex? Just without saying Just a little yes bit. or no. Just a little bit, yes. yeah. You, you think, Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, enjoy. It's exactly what, it's, what it sounds like. It's exactly as good as it sounds. Have fun. To be honest with you, I'll probably whack it on the telly when I've got 90 minutes free. Have at it. Perfectly fun. It's up there with, like, uh, what do you call it? The House Bunny and things like that. It's very much yeah, an Anna yeah, Fairley yeah. film. Uh, the Big Mama's House trilogy. Love it or loathe it. I fall on the latter. Comes to streaming today as well. But most importantly, one of the great Samuel L. Jackson thrillers. An unappreciated gem. You must have seen this. Oh, yeah. Kevin Spacey stars opposite. <laughs> Back when Kevin Spacey was a big deal in movies, Kevin Spacey stars opposite Sam Jackson in... The Negotiator. The Negotiator. Yeah, oh, yeah, such a good movie. And you know what? We When you see the powerhouse that is Samuel L. Jackson, and we'll put Kevin Spacey to one side for a moment for, mm, for topical yeah, reasons, but Samuel L. Jackson, when he's when he's not doing snakes on a plane, is, uh, you know, is phenomenal as a dramatic actor. And this mm. is just one of those great examples of that. I think we've got a clip for this. I think it's well worth you just listening to the man himself. Never say no to a hostage taker. It's in the manual. Now, are, are you going to tell me no again? No, I'm not. No, a- wrong answer. Eliminate no from vocabulary, Polly. Never use no, don't, won't, or can't, all right? It eliminates options. The only option that leaves is to shoot someone. Understand? Uh, yes. Yes, yes good. See, yes is good. If you say no again, I'll kill somebody, all right? Now, let's practice. Can I see a priest? I, I, let's not. You, you know what? Can we? Can we just like talk? You wanted about this to right? talk. We are talking. Now, can I see a priest? Uh, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> That's good, Farley. Now you're learning. Just that cheek that Sam Jackson just naturally brings to these roles. He's he's on quite a few of our picks this week, isn't he? He's getting some good work. He he's got indeed. big game in there as well. Um, over to Amazon Prime, though, today. Uh, we've got a couple on there. Um, one that's a sort of forgotten 2009 pandemic thriller. We did have a clip. We've not really got time, but we'll save the clip for the next one. Um, but this stars Chris Pine and Piper Perabo. This got a higher profile release than it was intended to because of his popularity in Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek at the time. But it still wasn't really a huge movie. Um, they are the couple literally trying to cross America during a pandemic. It's called Carriers, and that's on, on Prime from today. Alongside the forgotten... Rotten 2007, Simon Pegg, Tandy... Well, she was still Tandy Newton back then. She's Tandaway Newton now. Um, com, rom-com vehicle. Run, fat boy, run. Which I I honestly don't know if you could talk, call the movie that for pro- reasons of being problematic now, but okay. That's on Prime from today. So, uh, oh, sorry, those are on Netflix. I'm not Prime. Netflix. Sorry. Netflix. Uh, but... 
on DVD and Blu-ray from Mondays, our final uh, home pick for the week. Uh, this was a recent one that we released, a recent film from Joe Wright, uh, starring Peter Dinklage. And, yes. uh, and, and do you remember had Hayley Bennett, who we, yeah. it seemed like the film industry had forgotten about after making her a big deal for five minutes in 2016, 2017. She's back opposite Peter Dinklage in, in Cyrano, uh, Joe Wright's adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac. Uh, on DVD and Blu-ray from Mondays, it's a pretty good adaptation. It is a musical, but it's got some swagger. First he has too much heart, and then not enough. You're jealous. Me? It's fascinating. You're both brilliant, but exact opposites in style. Christian is overt, passionate, fiery. Whereas I? You are coded, witty, rueful. Coded? His words aren't better than yours, just differently put. But both are endlessly quotable. You know his letters by heart. Everyone. Oh, there we go. Serrano de Bergerac. What a story. What a what a thing to watch on DVD and Blu-ray. Well, that rounds up the week for us uh, here at Offscreen. Next week, we've got some big releases for you as well. I'm very much looking forward to the uh, Jesse Buckley's Men. The trailer for that looks absolutely terrifying. Uh, we've also got Dashcam, The Lady of Heaven, and Olga is on our list for next week, providing that nothing changes in the scheduling at last minute. But that sounds like a good selection for us. And uh, I'm excited to see what we come back with, aren't you, Van? Well, yeah, it's always, the, the, the fun is always in the freeview picture because we never know what we're going to get on the freeview. So we'll see what, what bonkers lunacy we can churn out next week. Uh, as well as streaming, like we don't know what comes to streaming. Like how many, how many times do you get to talk about random movies like What's Your Number? I never thought I'd ever get to mention that movie again. Yeah. But uh, like the time we got to talk about Cherry Falls. Who remembers Cherry Falls? That's literally why exactly. we have that slot. But we've got all those <laughs> to come and more next week off screen. In the meanwhile, I've been Van Connor. And I've been Vex Perfect, and we shall return.